In the following live session recording, Jonathan Lawhon, Media Director for Warren Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, talks about church video systems. This session is a discussion of what church video systems can involve, video projection, camera gear, live streaming, and much more. There are some cost-effective ways to make the most out of what you have and where video production technology is heading in the future. Let's join Jonathan now. So today we're going to talk a little bit about church video systems, kind of where y'all, I want to kind of hear from y'all where y'all are coming from and what are y'all hoping maybe we could talk about, discuss, and give y'all something to take home and implement and use. Well, one thing we're uh, looking at now is uh, live streaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we are and we're not, you know. Yeah. Because if it up, the Sunday sermon's up on Tuesday. And, you know, as there's a lot, to, you know, we have to pay for that streaming service, and I just. Mm -hmm. It's good and bad. Like, I don't know about y'all, but when like, I turn on somebody's live stream and I see number of viewers is two or three that doesn't really and like oh what's wrong with this thing because if it was worth watching i would be mm -hmm. like to be some people streaming so quite honestly that's one reason uh when we upload our our videos mm -hmm. we don't include any music because if you don't mix it through a thing you know if you can't do every channel and we did it for a while, and one day we were just like going back and watching our stuff, and I'm like, okay, that's really nobody's coming to our church because they just watch that. Because it's not a I good, it's Larry, not a good you, representation. You get it, man. Man, you're getting it. It's I'm just gonna sit down and representation of our life. Okay, the service was much better than that is right there. <laughs> and I don't know, like the Holy Ghost is not in that thing or what, but that is not good, man. I mean, yep. <laughs> so I like, we just take that out. We just put up the preaching. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I didn't have to worry about all that licensing stuff or stepping on any yeah. federal... Yeah, because there's definitely a difference between live versus recording and remixing. And, and and once you get into that, to me, there's just a lot of gray area. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, does this license cover this? But yeah. it's not... And I'll tell you, when I first got my eyes, man, we had like a, there's a singing group it's called the called the Neelands. Yeah. So they came and they did this concert at our church and then... This is how the guy told me how they got in trouble was they had a license for some stuff, but what happens is people were at their concert and they started live streaming it, you know what I'm saying? They started putting on their Facebook Live and mm -hmm. what they realized, man, you need more, shell out more dough for bigger licensing rights and songs were being sent out that didn't have that licensing and they got in some, hmm. Hmm. so I don't know, you gotta watch all that, so you know it'd be easier if I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It can be a mess for sure. It definitely can. Um, what about so where? What are y'all doing? Uh, we've got uh, we've got some. We got the streaming license, and so we uh, right now we're just going through Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'd rather go to something where we have a little bit more control. Yeah. Over where and when we can we can post that because uh, at first we were we were taking the stream and just taking uh, taking that embedded link and putting it on our website. We thought anybody can just go pull yeah. down that stream anytime you want. 
And then I went to go check on that, and you have to be logged into Facebook to be able to look at that stream. So, gotcha. It's kind of it. If somebody's already logged into Facebook, fine. But if not, that's just a broken link there. Yeah, it's a broken link, and it's a it, it's another barrier to mm -hmm. to them getting engaged with that. Yeah. And so it keeps them from. It's, they could log in, but most of the times people say, "Well." I'm, I'm not giving this church my, my Facebook password. Yet. Yeah, well that and it's the, all about the number of clicks that's taking people to get to the information yeah. you want to give them. Yeah. You know, and making it ex easily accessible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, i tell you what, uh, I don't know if y'all use uh, text in church, but um, at least know what that is. So that, uh, yesterday they had uh, free webinars, you know, they were showing up, but um, through their email stuff, but like the link to watch the free stuff was like embedded, like you really had to hunt and hunt and hunt. And most of it was coming up was uh, buy this yearly subscription, buy this yearly subscription. But you get an email, you know, that says you can watch this free mm -hmm. stuff. Right. Yeah. In the meantime, if I can find that. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. Maybe you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, no, are y'all? You're not together at the same church, are you? No, sir. Okay, where where are you at, man? Uh, I'm at uh, First Baptist Church of Savannah, and I do. Okay. I run the sound and the screens and the okay. lights and everything. Okay. I just started live streaming. Okay, nice. Y'all doing just Facebook or? Just Facebook now. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll hit on that some live stream, but we'll kind of hit just broad stroke kind of video systems and so If y'all got any questions at any point, just you know, chime in. This is very, well, this would be a conversation so we can learn from each other as a group and not necessarily because I definitely don't have all the answers. I'm going to kind of give you my experience and my, you know, opinion on things and what, what we've done and worked. Um, but kind of just in general, as we're talking about just media and video uh, services and all the different aspects we can use it as kind of like, we will first off want to ask us who's it for? Um, Obviously, I'm assuming everybody's probably using some sort in the service, whether it's worship support with lyrics, because we're not, not, I don't know that anybody's really using hymnals as much anymore. Or, um, but then also teaching support, um, whether it's sermon notes or videos or um, pre-service stuff. Well, when it comes to pre-service stuff, obviously communication to our members. Um, I heard a, a statistic, I don't know actually where it came from, but it said, our people will have to hear it or see it seven times before they actually listen to, you know, get it or, or absorb it. And so if you think about, if you happen to have some TVs like they do here out in your common space, well, there's one touch. You got um, screens running in, in the venue as people are coming in, there's number two. Yeah, somebody talk about it from the pulpit during the welcome time and you put the slide up on the screen behind them, there's number three, you know, so, we have a lot of a lot of abilities to to help communicate uh, important things to our to our members. Um, then talking about the online presence, you know, posting online, posting it on our website, um, whether it's church, the church website, Vimeo, YouTube, um, you know, Facebook, and then audio podcast. I think um, I know Nick's travels a lot around to all these different churches, and he's a big podcast guy. I'm not a huge podcast guy, but I'm like, hey, if we can put it out, if we're going to post the MV3 to our website, let's go ahead and just have it automatically populate the podcast for those guys like Nick who mm -hmm. yeah. it's automatically going to just load it onto their phone. They may not 
go out seeking it every Sunday, every Monday or Tuesday when we put it up line, but hey, if it can be out there and then automatically sync up with their phone, hey, that's awesome. Um, and then broadcast and or live stream, you know, getting it out in those live uh, applications. Um, one question that I do like to ask, especially the guys who are kind of in the leadership roles in these areas, is what's a good level of production for your church? And what I mean that is not necessarily how what's the how fancy we can make this or how great we can make it look, but what's a level of production that our volunteers can handle? You know, if you get into camera switching and multi cameras and all this, well, do we have the volunteer basis and do they have the knowledge basis to be able to execute that well? Because really our goal as the techie guys in the booth is to, hey, I'm here to support without being distracting. And and what what can I do as leadership to make sure equipment's in the right the right equipment's in the right place, the right training's in place, so that my volunteers feel equipped to lead in that area of ministry without distracting from worship or teaching or like you said, if, what can we do to make sure what we put out in our digital presence is of good quality so it is not distracting. People actually want to watch it. You know? Um, so, and, and that's everything from, you know, executing transitions in the service. Um, and, and one thing was when I mentioned kind of equipment, like we're hoping to get ready to do an upgrade at our church on the, the video side of things because we're behind the times. And I always encourage people who are in those positions of recommendations or purchase, you know, going to present to the committee of the church, hey, this is what we need to do. Do it as best as you can, do it right the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy to try to DIY open source software. You know, we can use this free plugin and we can Amazon from China every all the equipment we need. Well, you're going to get the quality that you pay for. I mean, I'm not saying you got to go out and spend a million dollars because, you know, 99.9% of the churches in the state couldn't do that. But there are, you know, avenues to do it well and do it where it's high quality without having to break the bank. So, um, in my experience, every every dollar you spend MacGyvering something is another 100 hours you have to spend training somebody on yeah, how to fix the, the when it does the this, fix out. it. Hold your mouth yeah. just right and click this, and you gotta duct tape this wire up and hold yeah. it. You know, yeah, exactly. Or if you do it, you're gonna spend by the time you do DIY one time, and then oh, we got a new technology because this out this open source software doesn't work anymore, so we got to do it here, and you're gonna replace the whole system three times yep. in the mm-hmm. life of doing it well and doing it once. I mean. So, and a lot of times, that in my experience, that a lot, a lot of tech directors around the state. Uh, so, part of my my job is I work for the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and, and I help churches with a lot of this stuff um, every day, every week. Um, and a lot of times, guys just make it way too complicated. Yeah, I mean, they try to add all this extra stuff, and it's like, see, all you really need to do is get sound to that speaker over there and you put it through this matrix and did all that like all this other stuff that was just not necessary yeah. uh, and so if you just ask someone like an, an integrator type person that like a, a company that 
um, that does this kind of in a, like installs and that sort of thing for uh, or that's their business. They, they can usually look at your system and say, "Whoa, that's too much. Let's just simplify it to this, mm -hmm. this, and this." Yeah. Um, yeah. And, or there's like this this antiquated reason that they had that one like TV down the hallway that that one lady in the Sunday school class paid for out of her designated whatever and you know made it <laughs> so it's like you make you did all this stuff for that one thing okay well let's just simplify let's just, mm -hmm. so a lot of times it's just over and it doesn't really work that good yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly and when people come into your church and they see that kind of stuff right yeah exactly it, it's it's, it's really know. not that we're needing to impress people, but what kind of impressions are we making on people? Yeah, you know. Um, so we're going to kind of hit just real quick, basic video systems, kind of intermediate and more advanced. We'll talk about live streams, and then we'll kind of hit some uh, really Larry, a lot of questions you've already even brought up, like why, a lot why? of the why questions. Um, so I don't know if this is uh, and if this is where y'all kind of fall in. Just just screen, you know, let me know. But like basic would be if your church is using, we got ProPresenter or presentation software and we got projector and that's kind of bare bones. Um, so that's, are y'all, what, what software are y'all using? Using ProPresenter. Pro. Yeah, we use ProPresenter. Yep, yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last weekend we had somebody they were wanting to choose a software. I guess they were just really getting started. And I was like, man, go ProPresenter. I was like, I was like, it'll run on PC if you can't afford the Mac, but mm. you know, go ahead and go ProPresenter. Um, yeah, so this is really kind of basic, as basic as we can really go. Um, but as we all know, it's more than just you don't need all this fancy hardware to have an effective ministry tool. You know, whether it's in-service support for worship and teaching, the pre-service things, like we mentioned. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all's pastors use. Um, sermon illustration videos and such. I don't know if y'all do any of that. Um, we kind of, at Warren, we, our pastor will oftentimes use that kind of transition between worship and teaching. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's a video that'll set him up or a video like this week, tomorrow, no, Sunday, we're showing a video that I shot. It was about a, um, kind of basically in a, in a way, a recap video of, of an outreach ministry our church did for the last two months. And this is kind of accumulating, and, and uh, we, we did a um, school supply drive for a local high school, and it was helping the teachers get extra school supplies that they were having to pay for out of their pocket. I mean, everything from markers to stuff to a lawnmower. Um, somebody, one of the teachers was like, I need a, we need a lawnmower to take care of the, this courtyard for the science class. And so somebody in our church bought them a lawnmower. Yeah, stuff like that. But I went to school, we shot a video with the principal thanking the, mm -hmm. the, the church, and we had some of the teachers shoot on their phone thank you videos, put that together, and it just happened to be that the week the pastor is uh, preaching on thankfulness. Oh, yeah. You know, so we're going to go from worship into this, this video that's kind of addressing the church, but then the pastor is going to come out of that into his sermon about thankfulness. And then, so, you know, I mean, so being intentional with working with pastor, working with our worship teams and being intentional, you can have some really great moments that we're using the technology to support what's going on the stage. On the stage. Um, real quick, I don't know 
if any of y'all have used any of these sites, but I just want to kind of put them up there and, if, and we can let you snap a shot if you haven't used them. This is just some of my go-to places for media, for visual media. So Shift Worship is a subscription-based. Um, motion backgrounds for your for lyrics to still images. Um, that one is like a monthly subscription. Worship House Media, of course, is a teaching uh, support, kind of pay per video. But then uh, one of the cool ones that I really like is Unsplash and then um, Freely Photos. Those are both stock image free sites. You can go on there and download them to your heart's content and use them license free. So I know our, our publication office uses Unsplash a lot. Say you're doing a Hey, we're going to have men's get together for coffee Thursday morning. We need a slide to show before service. Well, you go download a cool contemporary photo of a coffee mug and mm -hmm. stuff out on the table and put your text on top of it, and there you go. Simple. Uh, real simple. And, you know, stuff like this makes it just kind of that part of it a little bit easier. Um, but this, you know, like again, we're not trying to impress people. What kind of impression are we making? and having good quality photos to put up on the back of our announcement slides, having good image, images or motion backs that aren't distracting, that aren't you know necessarily uh, jumping out at you, that just are nice backgrounds. You know, it's kind of our responsibility to make sure we're putting stuff up there that's uh, supportive and not distracting. Um, kind of talking to real quick, just a little bit of hardware. Um, types of displays that we can use and, and this would be in any of the video systems we're eventually going to put this out so our people can watch it and see it. Um, consumer TVs. I personally don't like to use any type of consumer TV as my primary displays. So I know there's like some smaller churches, some smaller sanctuaries if you've got where it's 150 seat, you know, 100, 200 seat. Yeah, you might could do a couple of 75 inch, mm -hmm. you know, LED TVs or something and be big enough but there's just a lot of things that can come from that. And number one, they're really not made to take the kind of use. Um, I mean, let's be honest, consumer TV nowadays are made to be throwaway appliances. Yeah. If it breaks, you chunk it and you go, if you get 12 months out of it, you've got your money's worth in, for most of them. The TV repairman's going hungry today. Oh yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, absolutely. Um, I even had, I had a TV one time, the very first like flat screen. Now, I think it was actually a LCD Samsung. I, mine just it just quit powered up one day. I was like, "Well, it doesn't work. Let me take it apart and see if I can fix it." Yeah. So I'm out there and taking boards apart and actually soldered it back together and got it back up and running. But but it took me days, and we're in Augusta to find anybody that had the capacitors. Mm. Like nobody. I mean, I found one. Yeah, you go look for TV repair guy, and you're like, "There's no listing for that." Mm -hmm. But now, but we do we do use them for our confidence monitors, so the ones that are back pointing back to the um, to the stage for the choir and the worship team. Um, TVs around the building, out in the common spaces, we use them for there. And ours around the building run pretty regularly, um, probably three or four days a week. They're running, and and they hold up to that pretty well. Uh, we we've only had to replace a few here and there, but. For my primary displays, I typically don't use them or recommend them. Um, I'll say our Vizios have lasted six and a half years. 
That's pretty good. I know the, <clears throat> the company that came and installed it all when we built it. That's all they've used is That's what I didn't get anything else. But yeah, see, I'm a I'm a sharp <laughs> I'm a sharper Samsung or sharp. Mm -hmm. Typically, give have I've had the best luck with. Um, and then you can go to the very opposite end of that spectrum to the LED panels. Like, I don't know if y'all seen what Messenger Media has on display right outside the worship oh, center. Right, yeah. You know, where the panels all log together and you can build this thing out of, you know, we're talking 80 grand for a screen. I mean, mm -hmm. crazy money. And, and really, the applications have to be pretty specific to that to be where, like, it's, you know, <laughs> you don't want to use cost effective when you're talking about that kind of much money. but where it has to be a pretty specific application or function would have really to want to use something or need something like that. I've only so, seen mega churches use those things. Yeah. The pastor stating with that thing that's as big as the wall behind it, you know? I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. But then you see the cost on that. Yeah, like, exactly. Okay, I, I probably mean, won't be getting one of them. Well, and, and even <laughs> too, and yeah, again, most churches probably won't ever need, need that. I mean, it'd be, it'd be more of just, hey, we want it because it looks great. I mean, we rented one for a conference, mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, we didn't even turn on our regular projectors because it made our projectors look like they weren't even on. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, it was amazing looking, but I still have a hard time justifying the cost because in our application at Warren, we have a great place to project to, getting, I mean, I could spend and buy two really, really, really nice projectors, great high quality images and buy two of them for the price of one LED wall. Right. Now, if I was, if, if we're kind of toying with the idea of maybe doing something with LEDs that would need to be retractable, where they make a, a, a LED screen that's retractable, so that may be a specialty application where something like in that kind of ballpark might be the only option. Um, so, so probably most of us are going to land on some sort of projection. I hands down would not put anything in right now that's not a laser projector. Don't even, I mean, unless you're going to put something in a classroom, right. you know, you could go, you could order something off of Amazon or B&H for an LCD or LED projector, but laser projectors by far are the, the best quality right now. And you're going to pay a little bit more up front, dollar for dollar versus um, LED, but the bulb life of laser projectors are so... You're, you're talking 20,000 hours versus 2,000 hours. Mm -hmm. And so if you do the math, you know, at 400 bucks a bulb, mm -hmm. and if the projector's got two bulbs, by the time of the life you would, you would pay for this projector twice by the time you bought all those bulbs, yeah. or at least did the difference. So, so we're looking at putting back, putting in laser projectors. And the great thing with laser projectors too is you know, regular type bulbs, once they start burning, they'll run for, you know, here, 80, 90% capacity, and then they start degrading. And then, so for about the last quarter life of that bulb, it's starting to look pretty bad, pretty, pretty mm -hmm. quick, contrast is gone, and then it's just gonna tank at the end. Laser projectors, they're, they're, they're cooking until they die. Yeah. So, wow. so you get you get that same <laughs> consistent quality image for ninety percent to ninety five percent of the life of the bulb, versus starting here and just kind of tanking off the. So, and we um and this is not a shameless plug for Messenger. I've 
worked with Messenger Media, the company over there, for 12 years now, and, and off and on with them, and they help us with our big projects. But if you need more information on that kind of hardware for your church, they're just a great resource. Um, they want to help educate and equip, not just sell you stuff. Um, so I, you know, if they, if they can answer any more questions, if y'all are in a position to need to purchase any hardware. Um, so the next kind of step up, as far as like the scope of systems, would be the intermediate video system. We still got our presentation software as our input, but maybe we've added a camera as our input. Okay, now do we are we able to switch those inputs before we send it out to our projectors? And then are we going to capture it? Um, so that Eric, if y'all y'all are going to Facebook, and then if you're pulling from there, you know maybe something to consider is adding that element before your stream of capturing it. Yeah, we're, so, we've already started doing okay. that where we we have something going live yeah. and we've got a guy that's capturing it with uh, with some pro-level cameras yeah. and then we're, we're editing it down the okay. week and then we post the, yeah, yeah. the yeah. polished version later there you go. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, so having that polished version go up on your website versus that live stream yeah. and giving that higher quality. We're, we do the same thing. We we capture our eight o'clock service on three C100s, and then it gets live produced, and that's what goes on our website. But then for our broadcast, I ISO all the cameras, and then we I edit that down actually in post during the week during there. So, so when it goes to our television broadcast, man, whoever's running the sermon notes that week are on point because I do I do all the sermon notes in post. So as soon as he starts reading the scripture, I got this nice transition going up, and it's like you know you go watch our broadcast, everybody's like. I asked somebody after like, man, your your graphics guys on, man, they're on it. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, it's because I did it Wednesday morning in my yeah. office. <laughs> you know, <laughs> granted, our guys are are good and they are typically uh, not uh, too far behind him, but but yeah, but live versus being able to edit or or take it in in uh, in post. Now, sometimes what I can even do is take that live produced footage. And I've got like an ISO camera over here. ISO means I've just recorded it by itself. And then I'll take this and maybe I messed up on a graphic. We'd like last this past Sunday we did have a mess up. We got some stuff in the lower third, got cropped off and all this. Well now I've got this camera. I just kinda of put a little band-aid over it, bring my graphic back in. I'd have to re-edit the whole thing, but I kinda of just doctored up that one flub where we kinda of got mis uh misaligned and fixing it before we put it out there on the web. Um, so then we kind of step up into actually more advanced, still got our inputs, whether it's now two cameras or three cameras, or the, um, we got the presentation software, the switcher, capturing a lot. Distribution and live stream maybe is something we add next. Distribution would be if you're sending a signal down to the nursing room in the, in the children's wing, or if you've got overflow down the hall, or if you just are piping it out to the foyer of the church so the ushers can see it. Um, there's a lot of options there as far as uh, equipment goes. There's um, a lot of options now where you can do it over IP, so you can just have a transmitter that basically plugs into your uh, network, and then anywhere your network's available, you can plug in a receiver, and it goes to the TV and pull HDMI off to the TV. All right. So, like, our system in Augusta, it's old. It's older. Augusta's probably nine years old since when we redid it. So it's actually its own closed network. 
So I still I got Cat Six running from mm -hmm. a hub to every TV in our building, and this hub feeds another hub down in the other hall yeah. that feeds three TVs, and so it's act. But it's actually no, it's just video over Ethernet. It's not actually IP based. Mm -hmm. But now they've gotten I guess where the encoders can package that information and just drop it on your network. I don't know that it'll do it wirelessly, but if you got a switch in the closet, plug in the encoder to the switch, mm. go down to the other end of the B building where there's the IT closet, come off that switch, and then run a cable from there to the TV, plug in the decoder, and you got signal to the TV. No, so there's a lot of options. Yeah. So we've had um, our safety team, we actually have a, a guy who works for communication network and put in our own, had to get our own channel approved and all that and I got a big antenna on the top and our safety guys all have their walkie talkies but even with that uh, Cat 6 ethernet cable, you know some of the walkie talkies stood underneath that television it would cut that signal out. Really? Don't ask me how it happens. Mm. I have no idea because it's not a high V. I'm talking about it's on a <laughs> cable plugged in. You know, I mean, that's a long run. Yeah, but and still, I got a booster on it, but it's not. But that still shouldn't. But I'm telling I you. I would think it would be like if you had an audio cable, you get some right. noise interference. No, it, it, it cuts out the signal. Mm. And I never have been able to figure it out. I just told a safety guy, don't stand underneath the television, right? <laughs> I wonder if something. I wonder if there's something in the TV, I, and not the actual cable. Man, it must be. That but I'm be telling bad. you, I I have fought that thing for. Uh, I'd be I'd be curious if you just had a some time to kill. I'm yeah. sure it's maddening, but as a as a third party bystander, I'm like, uh -huh. interesting. I know. I know. That's I'm the problem. I want to go fix right, right. now. I know. I know. I know. In my mind, I'm going okay. First thing I would do is get a like a newer TV, put it there, take the cable out, Man, plug it into a different TV, see if it did it. Well, I'll tell you something, because it's like, you know, that system you're talking about with the Ethernet and mm -hmm. you know, the Cat 6. I mean, so I took the TV from there and switched it with that one, still did it. I took the box, switched the boxes, it still did it. And I mean, I know it's a long run, but I'm just like, but it's plugged up. And I mean, how, I don't know how that, pushing that button on that walkie-talkie. Yeah, would do that. And, uh, cause our, yeah, I can see all of our modules going. Our facilities, okay. I mean, okay. it's, can we? it's long, but I mean, I still, I mean, if it We're was. here with red yarn, like, okay. Yeah. Conspiracy theory. <laughs> but it, for, all right, yeah, next but, session, I'm going to bring a whiteboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I'm going, I'm it, like, that's like. under the television. But see, the safety team, a lot of times they stand there, it's because where the position's at, where the television is at on the wall, if they stand right there, they can keep an eye on, on the uh, children's ministry, and they can look out the double glass doors in the parking lot. So they'd like to stand right there, and because uh, they can watch all of that. And what they're doing, they're just kind of like listening to the sermon. Right. Yeah. But if, they, if somebody gets on the wall, it uh, it'll <laughs> cut that signal out. It's whack. That's crazy. That is fascinating. I've never heard it interfere like video signal like that. Mm-hmm. I say yeah. Those radios they they're over AM. What are the what is the uh, I, or, what's the bandwidth on that? It's it must be pretty good. It's the same. I, I don't that I, I can't tell you. That's that. what it'd be UHF, wouldn't it? But you know, like I, we have I, our I, own I, like I, we I, have I, this big 
box and this transmitter up in this room, and like I said, a big antenna. And that's the thing. I mean, well, even if they are like UHF, our public school system, know, to talk over the entire school, <laughs> man. Weird. Yeah, very expensive walkie-talkie. I mean, it's a, we spent like a twelve thousand dollars on that system, so it's oh. nice stuff. Yeah, well, maybe uh, it's just drawing power so strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's just the whole building goes down. If I get near it, man, I get the tin foil, I get the aluminum foil and make me a hat. You know what I'm saying? I'm not getting sucked up. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> man, um, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to think of, oh, we're, we're disturbing Keith from being too loud. Um, I don't, I don't, I'll, I'll, if, I, if I think of anything, I'll let uh, you know on that. I may do some good research on that in a minute. Um, so one, one aspect of our video systems that we can incorporate is the live stream. So, and which all y'all seems like y'all are in some scale. Um, and really the basic components is your source, whether it's coming straight off a standalone camera or if it's coming from a type of production type switcher. Um, and then your audio and video interface, how are you getting that video signal into the computer? Then from the, obviously, you gotta have a computer. Um, and again, that's one of those places I'm like, don't grab your kid's old Acer that's been on the shelf for three years and try to use it and think it's gonna, yeah. You know, if you're gonna do this, you know, get something that's pretty good. Um, doesn't have to be a screaming machine like this. This is just a little Chromebook. Um, I, don't, I don't even know how much these things cost, but this was uh, Messenger provided us with some of this gear to demo. But I mean, I, I don't think it was a few hundred bucks, I would imagine. Um, and then obviously your live stream platform. Um, Am I on that screen the whole time? Yep. Gosh. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna hit the live. I'm gonna hit just live stream. I don't put it on me. I don't want to see myself. <laughs> um, so like this case, this is this little Sony camera. This is a two, $300 little Sony camera. Um, but the thing that kind of makes this where it works well for live streaming is it does have a clean HDMI out. Mm -hmm. um, so we got a clean HDMI out because you're going to get that signal into, the, into a device to get it in the computer and just having something with a nice HDMI. Um, this camera I would probably recommend like this style camera because it doesn't have great I mean you're still just using the little joystick the motors aren't super great in here this would be a good one if you're going to kind of do a lockdown static shot of the stage I'm just mm -hmm. going to lock it down I'm not necessarily going to man it and try to zoom in and zoom out again what kind of quality is that going to give us on the end it may look okay but you know the glass is okay in these but they're not great for zooming in um, if you're going to do it live, like a push in while you're doing live. Um, some other little cameras that are good, uh, Canon makes a couple, the Vixia G20 is a great little camera, again, four or five hundred bucks, somewhere around there. Um, What's crazy about it, it's like, I, I have a Canon DSLR that's nice, it's like a full frame camera, like, it does great with video, but it doesn't have a clean HDMI out. So like yeah. HDMI out is meant to be like for a monitor. Um, and so it has like all my, you know. Your battery info. Battery, yeah, your all that stuff's like card on the HDMI out. I can't turn that off, uh, which is yeah. weird. And my, my DSLR is like a $1,200 camera. Like it's yeah. a, just for the body, you know, no lenses. Uh, that's a, so it's like not just because it's a nicer camera doesn't 
mean it's the right I've tried to use that for a live stream before and I'm, like, I plugged it up and got it going. I was like, that's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> well, there goes that plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so that camera and then these and these two Canon ones do have clean HDMI's, which got to have. Um, the G20, I think it's like a, a 10x optical. Obviously, only uh, only pay attention to whatever the optical zoom is. Yeah. Don't worry about the digital zoom because you it's going to look like trash. Um, but the G20, it's got a 10x, so if you're under 50 feet um, from what you want to shoot, be a great little camera. The next one up is like the G40, it's got a 20x optical, so it just gives you a little more room to flexibility. So if you're between 60 and 80 feet, the Vixia G20 is a uh, G40 is a good one. Um, so this is a, oh. Uh, next will be the encoder, and this is, I haven't purchased one of these myself, but I'm going to be in the next couple of weeks probably, because this little guy right here is awesome. Um, this is the Blackmagic Web Presenter. So it lets you take SDIN or HDMIN, and the biggest thing is it has separate audio in. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about quality and what we're putting out there, well, you can't have a good video without good audio. You could have the best looking 4K image, but if you got a buzz on your audio or the mix is terrible, you know, your folk, those folks aren't going to sit around and watch and wade through all that. They're going to be like, we're so used to easy, high quality access to good music on iTunes or good mixes and stuff. It's like, they're not going to listen to it. So, I have a black magic, but it don't look like that right Oh, really? It's, a, it's white and thin. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, um, this is kind of like their newest that would replace. I forgot the model of that one, but this one bought it about five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So this one, I think they've only come out with within the last year okay. or less. I because um when I was getting ready for this con this conferences this week, I had actually never seen this, and so I think it's pretty new. Um, but a great little box. So. So you can do SDIN or HDMIN. So that means, but they're actually separate inputs. So it actually is a two-channel switcher. Oh, wow. So, which is really cool. So let's say you had um, HDMIN off your camera, but then you ever you maybe you'd have to use a converter if you wanted to put your computer in SDI, but you could, or vice versa. Um, or if you had a camera that you were able to get SDI out, pop it in, then you could actually switch between your uh, between your inputs, and so let's say you had a sermon notes live, and you don't have a production switcher. Well, you could bring your camera in here, and then have your sermon, your pro presenter coming in on your other input. And while the pastor goes to the sermon notes, you could actually be switching to the sermon notes uh, to your live stream. Yeah, so we have a switcher, so we can click to the screen. Okay, click back to the camera. Yeah. Okay, and then you, so you take the output of your switcher into this box. Bring your audio off a mix of off the board. Maybe you got maybe you got somebody who can monitor and mm -hmm. at least dial in a separate mix than what's coming in the house. Right. So you you know because it always sounds better in the house than it does right. coming straight off the board. Is that the mechanism for switching the one and two? Right? Yep. Okay. So input one, and if we had another input, we'd actually be seeing it here. Yeah. And then input two, and then we've actually got and it's cool because it does give you this a preview. And it gives you audio meters, and so you can adjust audio levels yeah. on here. Um, and then it does take the separate audio and video and will time sync them up. So 
you don't need a separate sink source. Mm -hmm. And then the great thing is this thing does all the encoding and, and and putting it into a language where the computer just sees it as another webcam. Oh, wow. So if I come here, so now on Facebook Live and here under my camera choices, I can choose the onboard camera or it just shows up as black magic. We don't have to drive, install any additional drivers, nothing else in it. We had to change on the computer other than just selecting that input on Facebook. Um, and it does, you can set it to cross dissolve, do nice salt. So in y'all's case, if you wanted to um, communicate different information to your, your streaming audience, mm -hmm. then if you had a separate computer run a pro presenter and you could have a separate slides that you were going to send information to the live stream people mm -hmm. or you could even have um, say you did a pre-recorded message from your pastor saying hey thanks so much for tuning in to the live stream today we would love to get an opportunity to meet you in person so we wouldn't like to you know invite you to be here next week but you know we appreciate you taking time to tune in with us today yeah. you know if you had that preloaded on a computer and then you had somebody when he's got done saying amen transition to the computer hit play and now you've got a direct message yeah. to mm -hmm. connect with those people so you know so kind of having i have a question yeah you might you might not have dive into this box well enough yet but does so if you take hdmi from a computer uh-huh um is that going to give you audio in so if, if you did play a video how would you get the video from that ProPresenter separate from? Yeah, uh, good question. I don't know that audio will follow video on here. Um, you can, I'm just curious about that. I mean, did you really just? No. Because that would be real slick if it could take two different audio sources too. I think it might can because right here is selecting. I can choose my audio. S it's like if I switch to the SDI, because SDI you can do audio and video over SDI. Mm -hmm. So it'll let, it'll actually bring in audio from the SDI when you switch to the SDI. So you may have to do a uh, converter to get an SDI and then embed audio on it. Or other option is if you do have a sec. I mean, if you had a second mic or a independent mix off the board you'd have to have it where that person would change mix on the board but it's got two audio ends right here right if you do it yeah it's got a stereo in yeah. yeah so it'd be interesting to see on the menu if you could pair this this with the hdmi and this with another input or yeah. or something but yeah like i said i haven't purchased one of these yet but from what i have done with it is and the great thing is it's 600 bucks Alright. You know, so again, uh, just so this is something where you would take all your video, you feed it into this, and then that goes from a computer. Yep. Which would be the the streaming distributor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just taking your sources, audio from your soundboard, video from a camera or from your switcher, and just encoding it to where the computer can accept it. Gotcha. So this actually isn't the actual streaming box. Yeah. This is just the encoder. They do make boxes that are basically a combo unit. Mm -hmm. So actually you actually don't even need a computer stream. Right. Like we did a concert in Tacoa at the convention center and the video guy from the mission board showed up with his little box, this little box. 
SD or HDMI in from a camera, audio from the board, and this little box actually connect to the internet. Yeah. And is programmed to send the stream to Vimeo. Okay. So it's our all the programming's done in that box. So you didn't need an external computer to do that. Um, but those little boxes. Um, what was it? I think. Uh, I've used one called a Teradeck before. Yeah, the Teradeck uh, BDU Pro. Yeah. 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 I mean, if, and you're talking about seven hundred bucks. Yeah. For that little guy. But on those little boxes, um, just a little more on the programming side. Yeah. And and having that going to that service wherever what service you're using. So there's a little bit more on the that they're not quite as user friendly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those things are out there. I think uh, what I understand about it, you got to have the RTMP manual address programmed in that box. Yeah, there's to, a lot of there's a lot of homework you got to do to be able to use it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it, I think they're kind of the the niche market they got on those is you could actually just take it on and actually have it on the camera. Yeah, you know, you could, and straight into the from the camera to that box, and that camera is live streaming out to the world. They could, you could even take a, a little like portable hotspot, and you could stream over that thing. Mm -hmm. Yep, you could be streaming in the, in the middle of a field yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Um. So just some uh, notes, like we've kind of we've mentioned this already before. Um, good audio will make or break your live stream. Um, especially if you're doing worship. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard enough to get just good sermon audio, good speaking, you know, quality and levels to your live stream, but even more so if you are going to try to do your worship. And um, so that's, that's tough. Uh, having good, reliable, fast internet connection. Um, we went back and forth for a while with our internet provider because we were trying to stream. There's a point-to-point -point stream, so it wasn't actually going out to the web to stream, but it was a point-to-point -point device, but it still went over our IP internet provider to get out and back down to the other, our other campus. I mean, we went back and forth with our, our internal network was bottleneck. We partitioned off our router and all this, but actually getting out to the pipe, it was getting jammed up with all our Sunday traffic, and then the speed was, it was just a mess. Um, so. Well, that's the thing we're concerned about too, because Apparently coming into our building from uh, our internet provider, you know we got plenty of speed and we've upgraded this router to where the guy that does our stuff says, hey, no matter what, you know, the admin side is never going to drop. The guest side may slow down yeah. because, yeah. but I'm like, okay, I hear what you're saying and it makes total sense, but I'm telling you, when 400 people get in this building and they all get on their phones and their devices, whether they're using it or not, they've installed enough IP addresses that the admin side slows down. Yeah. Well, yeah, ours. Yeah, he says, what are they supposed to do? I'm like, well, I don't care what yeah. they're supposed to do. I'm and I, and what I, don't, doing. I don't claim to be a network guy at all, but <laughs> yeah. we were running a problem where we partitioned off our bandwidth in the yeah. building and like I said, okay, our device needed 10 megs, so we gave it 15. <laughs> And then uh, here's our rest of our internet traffic, but it was I guess on the router, it was partitioned. But then once it actually got down to the modem or whatever, the next device before it actually hit the the ISP, yeah. mm -hmm. well, all that information is partitioned up here, great. But it's all still got to go through this one pipe, yeah. and that's where it was just bottlenecking. Yeah. And then it was still we we weren't getting good streams out there. And then 
Which is why the lady from Right Now Media wants to know why I didn't use her stuff to teach her Sunday school classes. I said because it can't be, well they've changed some stuff now, but it couldn't be downloaded. And I, and I said, uh, I said honestly, I was just scared for our, our teachers. Like that was going to be their lesson was your yeah. stuff, and now the internet's gone. Now what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now I couldn't download it, so I don't have it. Yeah. And if I don't have the internet, yeah, then I'm unless, just, unless they've got unlimited <laughs> data on their phone, you're right. It's not going to happen. Right. And yep. If you're in a metal building, it don't matter if you get unlimited. There's no signal. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I mean, it's it's all great to have all this capabilities, but if you don't have a good internet, if you don't have internet speed, <laughs> yeah, and stuff's working, it's uh, yep. And there's That's, a lot of variables, like I said, it's the router. Yeah, and I mean, we were looking at um, changing internet providers, and this one company quoted us to get the speeds we needed. It was gonna be twelve hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, golly, which we've changed, and we're not gone to that scale, but we do have fiber coming into the building now. Oh, yeah. So we're we're fiber straight into the building, and it's that's helped a lot. Um, and Comcast wanted us to like sign a three-year contract of all kinds, like about that price point you were just talking yeah. about. Yeah. I was like, well, how about if somebody comes out here and looks first of all? But they wanted that contract signed before. I was like, you gotta be crazy. Yeah. There. Exactly. You want me to buy the car? I ain't even right seen now. the thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even AT&T fiber, man. Around Augusta, AT&T is dropping in fiber, like, yeah. and all these new mm -hmm. constructions and stuff. They're coming into these new neighborhoods and dropping in fiber, like it's going out of style. Mm -hmm. Trying to, I guess, they kind of been behind the curve. I feel like, and I think they're trying to hop on and yeah. get back to being competitive. You're right. Yeah, well, and I heard it's fast. I heard, I, yeah. I, I heard one of our members they moved in the neighborhood. And they got AT&T fiber, and they said it is quick. Mm. But but again, you're all, you're also talking residential. Yeah. And you're not yeah. talking, you know, like you said, 400, 500 IP addresses being handed out, and okay. everybody's phone connecting every time, even though they're it's in their pocket, it's still connecting. I know. Once up. they get on it, right? It's just. Yeah, that's helped our network. I didn't even ask to get on the internet here, but I mean, as soon as I walked in. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, next thing, once it, once we have this determined, we got good internet connection. Is what is the platform we want to use? There's so many options. Whether it's Facebook Live, YouTube Live, putting it in on our website, Vimeo Live, mm -hmm. um, all those. So, and really, that's kind of just uh, asking yourself just what do we feel like people will engage the most with mm -hmm. um, and what is a workflow that just works well within your system of of staffing and because really equipment wise not much changes the only thing that may change um, like going straight from this black magic to here this will straight from black magic to the computer you can go straight into Facebook live you can go straight into YouTube live Vimeo live from there you just can't do multi-stream, multi-platform streams. Okay. You pick one. So you would pick one, yes. Yeah. If you wanted to stream to Facebook Live and YouTube Live and to your website, then you would need another, another step in the process of, of, of a software interface. So, um, so like Ecamm, uh, vMix, uh, OBS is another just encoder, um, but like these type devices, there's another one that somebody told me about last week and I hadn't um, uh, used it before called churchstream.tv. 
I guess it's, I think it's along the lines of Livestream, which is a big company, but those companies will take your video signal that you've gotten to your, your encoder and have got it on the computer, then from here you're sending it out to the internet to them and then they are basically distribution for you. Okay. So they will say, okay, all right, you check a box, you want to send it to Facebook Live and Vimeo Live, and here's the code where you can plug it into your website. And here's so, the price, and here's the price, and here's the price. Exactly. And that's <laughs> what you're paying for. And so that's why I'm looking into switching over to Vimeo Live, because we have a Vimeo account for all our archiving. Yeah, so that's where we archive and plug it into our website, and our app pulls from mm -hmm. Vimeo. And we're paying like the twenty or twenty-nine dollars a month for the pro account. Well, to go up to the full package, live stream everything for Vimeo, I think it's one hundred and forty a month. Mm -hmm. Well, we're paying ninety-nine dollars right now for live stream through Stream Monkey. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, and and, I, and I'm not doing Facebook Live there, but I was I could do YouTube Live, but to add Facebook Live capabilities here, it was going to jump this bill up another. 50 or 75 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm kind of looking, well, 170 plus my 30, so I'm at 200 a month right now. Well, or I can just go $150 a month for Vimeo, save the church 50 bucks a month, and get all my bells and whistles that I need. And people already used to going there anyways in here. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What we do, all people are used to going to Vimeo. I mean, it's on our app, it's on our website. Yeah, yeah. Actually, most of our viewers don't go straight to Vimeo at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, but we're just taking that. They're used to that player. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We have some folks on our publication department. They're all about Facebook and YouTube. And I'm like, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. you know, go for it. I mean, if it, if it gets it out there and it's just copying this video and downloading and uploading, right. uploading to two locations. I mean, we're let's go. Um, so. Multi-platform streaming is where that next step will come in. That's where typically you would find additional cost. You know, so but if you choose, hey, we're going to do YouTube Live or Facebook Live, and you're talking what fifteen hundred bucks, you could be up and running. You know, with a single camera, no switching, just bare bones live stream. I mean, fifteen hundred bucks with a way to get good audio to it. Then I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, um, but I think then, then you have to start asking yourself some questions. I read an article from uh, this guy Jake Goslin, and um, kind of brought up a lot of uh, stuff that um, Larry kind of mentioned or before is why do we need to live stream it? Is there really a need in our community to live stream? is having a live stream fit within our mission statement of our church of, you know, making disciples and multiplying disciple makers. I mean, if that's kind of your, our general goal of our church, our mission statement of our church, does that fit? Does it represent our church well from what we're putting out there onto the internet? Because um, what I would think, I would be safe to say what, 95% of the people will check you out online before they ever yeah. come through the door. And so is our quality of product, not that we're trying to sell them anything or sell them ourselves, but is what we're putting out there a good representation of our church. And because you really only have one chance to make that first impression. Mm -hmm. 
And again, I know I've said it probably three or four times already. We're not trying to impress, but we do want to make an impression. Um, and then is the cost versus return worth it? So if y'all are already doing Facebook, and if we got good quality on Facebook and we can get it up and running, and it cost us, what, nothing relatively a month, does that meet the needs that we feel like we are out there? Or does it, is it gonna take paying 150 bucks a month to be able to stream now to our website mm -hmm. and to Facebook Live and to YouTube Live? So it's that cost versus return that we have to be careful of. Cause I mean, we, we do wanna be good stewards of the funds and the capabilities of the church and, and do we wanna spend all this money and have two people viewing every other week versus, you know, it'd be different if we didn't have a lot of options for getting the media to them. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we didn't have the option of editing it down or just capturing a good quality capture on Sunday and posting it Monday morning, you know? So it's like, are, am, I, am I really gonna gain a bunch of viewers or engagements by having it live yeah. versus posted later at, at a later time of day? Yeah. Um, we actually have a great workflow kind of going now. So we have an eight o'clock service and that's the sermon that we capture for broadcast and for web and stuff. So, and I live produce that at eight o'clock. So I'll take that sermon and before I leave church at 12.30 on Sundays, 12.30, one o'clock, it's on our web or on Vimeo, ready for our web guy to plug it or web girl to plug it into our website. But it's already up on our app. It's already up and running. Audio's up. I mean, so, you know, the whole idea of people can pull it up in the afternoon and refresh and listen to what they just heard. I mean, we've given them that option. Um, and it hasn't cost me anything extra other than just working the schedule out to where I can do that. Um, so, so is it really absolutely 100% necessary for us to be live? Um, I don't necessarily think so in all circumstances. Um, we actually, because we at Warren, we had our multi-camera production, we had all that already in place, tagging on the live stream aspect of it. Because um, right now we're, it cost us a hundred bucks a month, mm -hmm. you know, which is, you know, the church our size is not a hard investment. Yeah. You know, depending on your church size, I mean, hundred bucks a month can be a pretty, I mean, can be a good investment for a church. And so just deciding whether that's a good use of those funds and getting the return for it that you want. Um, so uh, that's kind of a quick, I don't know what time, what time are we done in here? 4.30. All right, well, that's perfect. We got 10 minutes. I mean, any other things y'all want to ask, talk about, brainstorm on? Um, Going along with the, you said the the audio can make or break. Yeah. Um, one thing we're we're noticing is a weak link in the chain is uh, our lighting. Is yeah. Oh pretty, yeah. Pretty subpar as yep. far for video. Like when you're in the room, it doesn't really you don't really yep. notice it. But when you pull down the video and there, I mean the looks dark. It's really dark. Yeah. Um, not a, not a lot of separation between yeah. the foreground and background. Mm -hmm. And so 
part of we're we're getting ready to do some renovations there in the sanctuary to the lighting system. Yeah. I mean, the structurally, there's really not a lot of changes we're looking to make, but just as far as lighting this part mm -hmm. and lighting this background a lot yeah. differently, that's the that's the the thing that we're realizing we need to change because we've mm -hmm. uh, we figured out some some audio problems and getting that getting audio piped in differently. Uh, we've got uh, pretty pretty good video quality as far as camera, but then the the way it's lit is yeah. that's yep. I mean it, it doesn't matter what kind of camera you have if it's not mm -hmm. lit right. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. you can you can make a okay camera look good, yeah. look really good with good lighting, uh -huh. and you can make a really great camera not look good with bad lighting. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, and you know, this is where having somebody who knows lighting and not just throwing up lights yeah. helps. Having somebody say, hey, all right, the angle you want is here so you don't get shadows under their eyes. Mm -hmm. um, you can do it with just some uh, good old incandescent pars. You know, you know, to me, I'm not a huge fan of LED for your wash. Like okay. If you go to a lot, because just the color tones and saturation is, is just not as, as good as you get with incandescent bulbs. Yeah. I mean, there are some other technologies out there since then, but I mean, to me, the, the whole LEDs with all the little all the little light bulbs in it, mm -hmm. to me, those give really flat, cold light. Yeah. Um, I mean, because even if you, you can adjust the color on them, but they still just, I don't know, they're just not very smooth lights. So, yeah, one of the things, um, our sanctuary is only six years old, and we got a good bit of par lighting around there, but i tell you one of the things, once we got in it and started really using it, one of the things, uh, I came on staff right after it got complete. And of course I had no experience in any of that stuff anyway. It made a difference I'd been there 10 years before, but the lighting uh, is good for everything on the choir and the instruments, but for the preaching and like this other thing, our lights are not far enough back. Yeah. So like, the, you know, if the pulpit's here, as soon as the preacher comes out and gets in front, yeah, goes in the dark or that's you know, yeah. and like and so you know <laughs> the ceiling the ceiling has a lot of yeah ceiling has a lot of drop downs you know it's back right. up yeah and well, where it where it drops down of course it was a natural place because if you're sitting there you don't see that bar across yeah. there but that thing needed to be back well, and so like when you're that close, so we're in the, one of the venues that I, I, we're primarily in on Sundays at our church is uh, our lights are very close. And so if you if you run them all the way to 80% of the uh -huh. brightness, the color in them is great, but it's just blinding for, like it just, it, it just doesn't wash well. Um, but when we run it where it feels right, which is down at like 20%, it's like super orange and uh -huh. so colors. One of the things that uh, we did for that is um, we'd run it up hot, but then I got some filter. Some gels. Yeah, I put a gel in front of it, Softened and uh, that helped, that helped uh, tremendously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there was some kind of setting on the camera, too, that kind of helped with that, too. I can't yeah, exactly and depending on your was. type of camera, like these little guys have pretty small chips, so the contrast is going to be... Okay, there's actually like thunder and lightning at the same time. Yeah, that's close. and it's been crazy. Like, it has a little bit. Like, uh, did I see something? Yeah, it's yeah, crazy because it hadn't been raining. It's just it looked like for a minute there it looked yeah. clear day, and all of a sudden lightning going off. I was like, what in the world? 
But um, the chipsets on these little small camcorders are obviously smaller. The contrast is not going to the dynamic range isn't going to be as great. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where you know going up to a little bit nicer camera can help with that. And if you go up to a little nicer camera and you know, run it in manual mode, you can set the exposure mm -hmm. for your your pulpit or the preaching area versus the whole shot. Yeah. So there, you know, because a lot of times if y'all are in any type of venue where the, you know, the background kind of, you try to get it darker so it's not distracting, mm -hmm. but then if your camera is shooting the dark and the light, it's trying to balance the exposure. Now this guy's way overexposed. Mm -hmm. So having a camera to let you run in manual mode and set those manually lock in those exposure settings would help with that. But yeah, starting with good lighting will will help a ton. And then make sure um, the camera guy pays attention. When I look back, I'm like, Jennifer, tell what she's doing the, you know, she's editing, it's like, tell whoever was on it that is um, when the preacher goes to the right, the time, like follow where he goes, like that's where he's been talking for like 30 seconds and then we catch back up with we, him. We There's no fix for that except yeah. put the scripture up there. The worst as a, as a music leader is to look in the back of the room and just see like glowing faces. Like oh, from there yeah. looking down at their phones. <laughs> Dude, if yeah. I see a type of head on that sound, man, I want to throw something back there. Yeah. A lot of times we'll run uh, on our two camera setups, we'll run a tight shot, so about a waist up shot. Right. But then we're running at least about a knee up from when we do lower third or something, maybe even a full body mm, shot. Right. And I'll be ready if I'm producing. If he starts walking and my guy that's running the camera on the tight shot's not paying attention, I just cut to the wide shot. Boom. And then I'm like, hey, yeah. pick him up, pick him up. You know? <laughs> yeah. So so then once he gets locked in, I'm like, and we're coming back to one. You know, mm -hmm. so having that way to bail off to a wide shot, yeah. give Pastor room to walk, as long as he just keep on walking, he's at least mm -hmm. in the frame there, right. and is not looking at an empty stage. Um, I well, thought of the thing again, you know, when you put that up on your thing, on your website or exactly. whatever, and you know, your people, people, I swear they're looking today. If yep. it's not, they're not. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Try there. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. I was talking to the the tech director uh, uh, first about his Jonesboro last week at the conference, and they have top of the line. Tech and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I was very jealous um, <laughs> of their stuff. But they had some um, studio cameras, some Hitachis, and very nice Hitachi cameras. I like 80 grand a pop, kind of wow. nice. Okay. Really nice glass. I mean, you'd find these in any studio in, yeah. you know, Atlanta. Some movie production yeah. stuff. But then he had some PTZ cameras, a pan, the, the, the motorized. You know cameras uh, yeah. where you can remote control them from up in the booth and stuff and i was like most of the time you don't see people integrating those two because they're kind of in a different ballpark yeah integrating those into one system i was like so how how are these matching you know image wise for these mm -hmm. can you get these to match really well because when we did the last renovation they invested a bunch of money and getting their lighting set up right. And when he came yeah. on board, they were running the lights way too hot and then dialing back the gain on the camera. So the stage was just kind of off. He, he told me what kind of, how many uh, foot candles of light they were having on the stage. It was like something crazy. So he took a light meter and got the light levels balanced on the stage. And he says, actually, 
the Sony's this Pantil cameras are as good or maybe even a touch better than the Hitachi's. Wow. Okay. But he invested but the lighting made all the difference. Yeah. The Hitachi's look really great. Could 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 look good with the bad lighting because yeah. they, they could handle it. They covered it. But the other little cameras were getting all over yeah. exposed and all this. But he took time, honed in, got the lighting right, got the levels right, got the wash even. Yeah. And now all of a sudden both his cameras aren't having to work as hard. Right. And this one came up to a level that it had not been before. Right. So so yes, I would 100% start with your lighting, make sure that's right, and um, and then you'll have much easier, you know. You said that was the, the Sony PTZ? Yeah, it was a Sony PTZ that he, okay. they had. I don't remember, I didn't take a picture of what model they were. I think he said, I mean, they're, they're still, they're still pricey. I think he said they were about 10 grand a pop. Oh, okay. But they're still, but there's a bunch of variable, you know, models out there. Yeah. All right, thanks. That's what we have. We have a, uh, we only, our system, we have a switcher that's basically could handle, I think, five cameras. We only currently have one camera right now. Okay. We only have, but I mean, it's on the back of the sanctuary. It's a Sony. Yep. You know, got the little joystick and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But uh, they, it does a good job. Yeah, really, I mean, the, the technology, like, even five years ago, I wouldn't even consider buying a PTZ camera. I would have bought a motorized head with a camcorder or camera They're on it. They're almost like webcam quality. Yeah, exactly. But they've come along yeah. so much, so far, and they're actually starting to put decent glass in there. It's all yeah. about the glass. Uh -huh. I had a, a professional photographer. He was one of my camera guys. Uh, he ran Camera Force, and I was mentioning about a camera body I was thinking about getting. He goes, man, invest every dime you can in the glass. Don't worry about the body technology. Yeah. Body technology is going to change. It's going to evolve. It's, you're going to get new camera bodies over the course of 10 years mm -hmm. but if you buy a really good solid glass in your lenses you'll have that lens from now till you, you go. pass it down to somebody yeah you know and because so much of your image quality comes from the glass not just the sensor and all the mm -hmm. technology in the body and i was like that's a great point you know so same thing with cameras like these little guys good little cameras they serve a great purpose but if you could spend a little bit more money go up to the you know one of the Vixias or something, it's got a little bit better glass, a little bit, you know, sensor may be close to the same, but that glass will, lenses will help you out. Uh, men's practice I go to on Friday mornings, and they, the guy preaches on a small little stage they have set up in this fellowship hall, and they got a camera like behind them and kind of captures mm -hmm. that, and then two other guys kind of have a tripod on wheels and they roll around yeah. and that stuff. But you know, he takes all three of those images, mm -hmm. and when he emails that thing out on Wednesday or Thursday, it looks remarkably good. Mm -hmm. And it's not expensive equipment, but... Really, yeah. I mean, the guy doesn't walk around, he stays right there on that platform in front of those... Man, they, I mean, they're not even stage lighting, it's just something cheap hanging in the ceiling. Yeah. Thing. But it lights him up enough, and mm -hmm. when you watch it, it... it Looks and sounds good. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Is, <laughs> I mean, we we go to these big churches and and you know like and they have all these hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment, but 
it's all about how you use it mm -hmm. and are you intentional in how you, you see, use it. He knows how to and use that stuff. Exactly. You know, if I you, probably buy that guy a $10,000 camera, you probably wouldn't do any better. If you know, you got to know yeah. how to use your stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and you also have to think too is, you know, okay, if I can work on the whole picture, lighting, camera placement, audio to mm -hmm. my camera, get all those things dialed in, not that it does a ton of money and get a great quality and then it doesn't have to be the 4K. Well, the sanctuaries aren't really going to change. Oh no! No, I say like, no, no. Well, I mean, well, well, like this. I mean, this church has built this sanctuary, but yeah, well, but they're, they're they'll still run a 1080 here. They mm -hmm. probably there won't be anybody running real 4K. And you got to think what 80% of our viewers are going to be watching that on their phone. Yeah, on their phone. They're going to be watching. We're going to do all this work, all this production, <laughs> and they're going to watch it on the screen this big. Uh -huh. Yeah, they're yeah. not going home to watch it on the television. Yeah. They watch the game on TV. There you go. <laughs> watch the preaching on the phone. Yeah. But, um, oh, one, um, just I thought about something. To, talking about watching on TV made me think about that uh, churchstream.tv. Yeah. I did, did somebody did tell me that that one, when you create that account, you can do the multi stream, multi platform mm -hmm. stream. It, I think you can actually add a Roku and the Apple TV channel. Like oh, wow, that's cool. I was, so that's I was like, hmm. Okay. Wonder how many people actually use that. Um, I, I have no clue. I just a little tidbit that I've heard. I haven't checked it out yet, but maybe worth checking out to see if it's. So that's the church stream. Uh, church stream TV. Church stream. Yeah, yeah. But I've heard of one called Sunday Streams. That does the okay. it'll do the same kind of thing. I haven't heard of that one. I'll check that one out too. I mean, it's it's all probably coming off the same server somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> just. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, not like we took our Apple TV. Once we put a smart TV in our den, our Apple TV is in our bedroom. But I'm like, I don't know if you know if I was home. Is it any different for me to pull it from an Apple TV app or just go to my browser on my smart TV? Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, well, my wife wasn't sure if she was going to make it to church last week because of the baby. So she had already, like, she got home from church and she had already pulled up just through the web browser on our smart TV. The church website was had the start okay. streaming. Because I got home from church and she did end up going to church but came back and when she turned back on the TV, I guess it had buffered. And yeah. so, like, the service was still going, and now I walked in. I'm like, "Wait, wait a minute! I'm going, I'm going." You know, I'm like, I'm like, did I? Did I'm like, leave early? How did? How did? I'm going, did I not hear about us having a third service today or something? Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, very cool, guys. Well. We'll be around all weekend. Nick's gonna be doing some audio stuff. All right. Um, and his so he'll do an audio session today, this afternoon, and we'll do the same two sessions next uh, tomorrow. But if y'all think of anything else, just stop us, holler at us. All right. Um, and then too, like Nick said, part of his job is uh, basically consulting. Mm -hmm. You know, so y'all get in something where you're like, hey, you know. We don't necessarily need to call in a messenger, but we do need some outside kind of help to help us think this through and think through lighting or whatever. All right. You know, you can look him up and schedule a time and he'll come out and, you know, 
or if you need some help, holler at me. We'll come down. Awesome. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, gentlemen. All right. Thank you.